Welcome to What's Next Mel podcast, a vibey joint for millennial women where we are finally giving ourselves permission to live our best, luxurious, carefree lives. On this show, you can expect to hear raw and unfiltered content from both the male and female perspective, talking all things career, self-love, and relationships. This is the ultimate tea time session, so get your wine ready, get comfortable, and open your mind to insight on what's next. Um, welcome back, guys, um, to What's Next Mail podcast. I'm super excited. Um, today I have Zora. That's right, correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, Zora with me, and I'm super excited to have this conversation. Um, it's something that actually, funny enough, I've been like very into this and very like super supportive and like um, talked about this. Like even in high school, I did a um, a project on it um, is people with HIV. And it's just, I don't know, for some reason, it's always been something that I've gravitated towards and always wanted to learn more about. And um, Zora here was born with HIV. So I guess just, you know, from your point of view and just, you know, I've read like your blog, I wrote, I've read multiple of your blog posts that you have. So I definitely read the one about, you know, like your mother and how she had the doctor um, tell you that you were HIV positive and just like, you know, taking medication and didn't even know why you were taking it until that moment it was told to you. Yes. Um, I found that I had HIV when I was nine years old. Exactly to explain in regards to that situation um I guess just you know I read like how you were saying like you were taking the medication but you didn't know why your mom kept it very like hush hush like you guys would like go in a separate room to take the medication and things like that I guess what was going on in your mind like when you were able to grasp the concept that you were taking like medication but didn't know what for and then to the point when you finally were told and then everything clicked, what was going through your mind? Yeah, um, that's a good to me. Um, I think for me, the thing about me is interesting because I think a lot of people assume that HIV diagnosis automatically is going to negatively like affect the person, but for me, I get it impacted me differently does for others because mm-hmm. I believe a lot of the HIV stigma doesn't doesn't really come from HIV itself. It comes from the stigma of, of HIV. Right. Is that linked to sex. So since I wasn't having sex, I and I, you know, I haven't had sexual experiences. I I don't, I didn't have, I guess, that background, that experience to feel negatively that I never really, I never participated in. Another thing is, you know, I had HIV my entire life. So for me, finding out I had HIV wasn't really a reason for me to feel differently about myself because I always had HIV. I just didn't know. Got it. When I found that I had HIV, for me, it just made sense. And it just 
all the past things, like my mom past behaviors, because my mom is very avoidant and dismissive of um, her HIV status. And also when it comes to medication, like in the blood, my mom, she was very secretive around giving me my medication. And anybody can pick up like nonverbal communication. Right. So I think I thought, I guess I got to an age when I realized, you know, I was taking medication. None of my and saying that medication is something you take to feel better. So um, I started asking, why would I take medication and when would I stop? Because also the medication was really disgusting because I had mm-hmm. to take liquid medication. So you get to taste all of it. Right, right. So, um, and I can you tell my mom's face every time I asked her that question was like, she didn't know like it was going to be never. And that's just straight from now with the communication. So when they told me in the room, it made sense. But I guess the way it negatively impacted me the day they told me was that based off of every like the doctors, because my mom did not tell me. My mom had the doctors tell me. Doctors was like nervous about telling me there was like five in the room. My mom wasn't even going to be in the room, but I think my daughter's convinced everybody is like the other side of the table, like nervous, don't even want to be there. And I'm just sitting there like, what's going on? <laughs> like right, right, right. And they, they like, exactly what they said. They said some stuff beforehand, but at the end, the last thing they said was, positive and like the whole room went like dead silent and mm-hmm. I, you you know not women not women communication really does say it does no it really does <laughs> so <laughs> I got the impression like damn like this is gonna be something that like gonna like negatively impact my life in the future when when I start interacting with other people in a sexual right. way. Right. But right. I and didn't I feel know like, yet. Right, right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think a lot of adults don't understand. I mean, now we're getting more into, like, the mental health and things like that. And like you said, like, those nonverbal, like, communications – as young children, we pick up on that. And I think we pick up on the nonverbal before we pick up on the verbal. So it's like already, I guess, like, you know, making, I guess, like the room and things like so dramatic, it's like, it does start to put on you like, okay, like clearly this is something that's going to be a negative situation toward me and makes me feel like I'm out of place kind of thing. And, you know, like how you said- And how you said, too, about the stigma, it's so crazy because um, my one of my friends, when I was doing, like, the HIV, like, project for, like, in high school, you know, where we interviewed random, like, kids um, in my high school. And, you know, it's so true. Like, all of them had such a negative connotation towards it it was just like even like one person was like you know say they were at football practice and they didn't know and like they share like you know they share like the water and they share all that like you know stuff 
it's like, okay, if I'm sharing that, how do I know I'm not going to get it? And I'm just like, okay, well, first of all, like, this is, <laughs> this is the whole reason I'm doing this project is because, like, just know, like, that's just, that's not what happens. And it's just so crazy that people make it such a negative thing instead of, like, a let's make sure you guys are good. Like, let's yes. make sure that we continue to, like, figure out something where you guys again like can live longer can like really prosper in life like it shouldn't be something that you know it's like you guys are in a bubble and that's it or it's like you can't be around other people and that's why I love too when I saw your Instagram page and just like everything that you've been doing and reading like um your multiple blog posts about how you're also like very like sex positive and like free so I definitely want to know like how that came about and like how you've gotten to that point yeah yeah i'm so excited it really makes me happy to know that people who are not living with hiv actually care (laughs) yes no like i've always like i said like i don't know what it's been it's just like i've always been someone who's been like passionate about it and like even too and i mean i probably will do it now now that i kind of have more of a like idea of what nonprofit and things are like but it's like i've always just wanted to like be involved in it and it's like i definitely want to do a nonprofit. i mean i want to do it with like mental and like youth but like I will just always like, I don't know, it's so weird. And it's just like, because I just, I like, again, like, it's like, I feel bad that it's like, it's like a bubble. And it's like people, I think that's what kind of kicked it off was like, all these people in high school, like, we're like, juniors and senior at the time I was doing the project. And it's just like, all of us are like 16 to 18. And you guys have this such as negative connotation. But then you don't even know what where you got it from. And then like, your reasoning makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Yes. And yes. And yes. so let me ask you a question so Mm -hmm. um you asked me how i became sex positive Mm -hmm. i think as how can i go about i think when you are in a very oppressive just as hiv i don't know i feel like my personality even before I had HIV, before I knew I had HIV, I feel like I always had a personality where I like to challenge notions mm-hmm. and I like to be able to define myself. My personality is dumb. So I think having HIV and especially being born with HIV, to me, I internalize that as... Um, People don't like my existence. People right. don't like, people don't want me to ever experience a sex life, period. Right. Because a lot of the times, society look at an HIV diagnosis as the end of your sex life. Mm-hmm. And since I never had sex, and I have meant I should never have sex, right? So, right. but it's just, it's so much more deeper than that because. There's just layers to it because in the HIV community, you get a lot of mixed messages. So being a young kid finding out I had HIV, I relied on adults, people older than me, to give me the information I needed around sex and HIV and just HIV in general. Right. And, you know, you have the ones that, you know, they think, that's it, your sex life is over. And then you have the ones that tell you, you know, 
nothing going to change and you're going to be able to have a happy life and have kids and stuff. So it really does leave you in a situation where it's really up to me to decide what I want for myself because clearly I can't really get a real answer from others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and also, um, damn, I wanted to say something, but it just dropped my mind. But for me, I didn't like the way, I think when you're that oppressed HIV, I think for me, I didn't want that for myself. So I gave myself everything that people told me I couldn't have for myself. Right. So, like, and like even when it comes to, like, this even deeper than being a female. Females are not supposed to have multiple sexual partners. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be very reservative in who we have sex with. And I just don't like like being prescribed to things that I never agreed to. <laughs> so <laughs> I agree with that completely. So um I think for me when I first having sex, I my mission was to try to discover if what people were telling me were true or not. So I mm-hmm. intentionally like had sex with most I caused them any harm or anything like that. Right. Just just to just, you know, explore my sexuality. I think it's important to, at least for me, I think it's important to experience different type of sexual experiences with different people mm-hmm. so that I can learn about myself. So that's what I did. And I think what really drive me is not wanting to be oppressed by every depressing because the HIV community is very paranoid and very depressed. And I was like, this is not the life for me. <laughs> so right, we need to make right. some changes. Right. And I agree. I think it's just like, you know, it's, I, and I like, and I feel for you guys because it's like, I feel like you shouldn't have been put into that position where it's like, you're paranoid that everyone that you meet is going to like, once you tell them it's going to like feel some type of way or start acting different. And then, you know, like you said, like, it's like, you didn't even like, you know, obviously at the age of nine, you weren't having any sexual experiences. And it's like, it's kind of like them making this like, you know, connotation for you or like this, like thing of like, okay, well, like you have HIV. So it's like, you're not going to have sex at all. And it's like, you shouldn't be deprived of that kind of experience and I agree. I feel like, you know, as women, we're definitely put into a box that, like, we can only have one person and that we're only supposed to, like, you know, not really explore, like, our sexual, like, identity and, like, experiences. Because I'm not gonna lie, like, I, like, I'm the type of person that, you know, if I like you, I like you. If we have sex, we have sex. Like, if we don't, we don't. That's cool. But it's, like, I'm not going to put myself like in a position where if I'm not dating, if I'm not like we're girlfriend and boyfriend kind of thing, then yeah, I'm going to definitely have sex like with whoever I want. It's like, why should it be that, you know, if roles were reversed and it was a guy, it's okay. But if I do it, it's a problem. And it's like, you know, especially as like, you know, men will definitely 
put women in a box and be like, oh, well, you're having sex with me, so you can't have sex with anybody else kind of thing. Yeah. What I actually learned is that the more that I just own what I want, guys actually respect it. Mm-hmm. I think I think it have a lot to do with just society feeding us ideas about how a guy is sexually and how a female is sexually. But like, right? We believe we don't really believe that. We just believe that because like people tell us that. But like, if mm-hmm. you just honestly be just open and honest about what you need other people actually reciprocate right and I definitely agree with that completely I think you know sometimes we're put in this situation especially like I mean you know for me I'm someone that like I um what's this word called um monogamy like relationships and it's like we're put in this box of Mm -hmm oh, if I'm dating this one person, that's it. Like, you know, even if we're not, like, we didn't make it known that, like, we're, like, official girlfriend and boyfriend. And it's like, yeah, like, we're talking, but if I like somebody else and we're just dating, it's like, yeah, like, I should be okay to, like, you know, explore another option with somebody else. And not to say that I would, like, personally, me, like, have sex with everybody and anybody, but... If it happens, it happens. And I think because it's like, at the end of the day, I don't know what you're doing. So it's like, I should be able to be, figure out what I like and be free to do what I want to do in my sexual experiences as I continue to grow and get older. Yeah, and I think absolutely. So- and I think society, you know, really, especially like, you know, with polyamory coming through, I think a lot of people, like society's like, this is not normal and it's like that's where the whole like then the negative connotation comes from it and the judgment and then people are just like you know get to that point putting like polyamorous like relationships and people into like a bubble and like exclude them from everything yeah so I definitely feel like you know it comes to a point where we do have to think is society really the like do they tell us the right thing because it's like and we learn this from so young because like our parents are the ones or like other people around us are showing us that like this is either negative or it's a positive thing yeah um but i mm-hmm. but i don't i feel like society do everything to like oppress us and not allow right. for us to express ourselves i think what really matters is just the intention behind the reason why you do things and just being honest about what people need in regards to anything in life, especially in relationships. Because I'm non-binogamous and I'm sex positive. And I, I know a lot of people wouldn't like that I do that because I have HIV. Right. But, but, you know, at my life, and I think this is right. what actually makes me happy. And I always felt like, for me, monogamous, always felt really Formative. Like, I had to look at a monogamous person that you see in movies, you see in the old couples, the old couples that couldn't even get divorces because they were property to their husbands. They couldn't right. even get their own jobs. Right. So, um, so for me, I'm so happy of being non monogamous because it gives me an option to design the type of relationship for me and those involved. And just because I'm not monogamous doesn't mean that 
and try to have sex or be in relationships with everyone. Right. They can choose who I want to share my life with. I agree. And I think that's where I think, and I kind of, you know, like, like I said, like I'm monogamous, but I also understand like people who are like non-monogamous and like in the polyamorous like community. I get it. It's like, you want to be able to just be with the person that makes you feel comfortable. And, you know, I also read like, you know, I like, I have a psychology degree and I remember one of like my psych, I don't remember what like class it was, but I remember one psychology book being like, at the end of the day, like, all of us are like bisexual beings like from birth and it's just what direction you head into whether that's heterosexual or homosexual or whatever is due to like your environment but it's also due to what you in yourself and in your mind contribute more to kind of thing so I've always believed that like we're all bisexual beings and we all just like love either like very heavy in the heterosexual or we love very heavily in homosexual or we love in just both very heavily and yeah absolutely. you know I think people shouldn't put their own opinions and what they do onto other people so that kind of brings me into, I read like your latest blog post about um, having sex with like your female friend because men weren't satisfying your sexual like needs and desires. Can you kind of like go into that like more? Because I kind of feel like, you know, for myself, there's definitely been some points where or sometimes where it's like a guy just never really like satisfied me like sexually. And I'm just like, all right, like now I'm annoyed and like. This is kind of like point. This is kind of like it was like kind of like pointless. Like I'm kind of like I'm upset, but I've never explored um like having sex with a female because I just I've just never been attracted to females like at all. So it's just like it's never something that I've explored. But I definitely have been there when it's just like a man has not satisfied me at all. Ever happened to me too? It came to the in my life that I knew I had to do something dramatically different because I'm mm-hmm. sick and tired <laughs> knowing right I'm not knowing <laughs> so um, so I'm really excited about talking about this so you know I only have sex with men I'm oh I consider myself fluid in everything when it comes to my sexual expression or just regular expression I choose to have men um the reason why i had sex with my female friend is because i need to accept that i know nothing about mm-hmm. and i have to accept the reality that my partners can teach me about my vagina so that's why right, right. now in my life as right now in my life i'm actually reading books about my vagina at proper sexual education in high school right right I agree with that yeah like I never learned anything I know even just only thing I learned in high school about with STDs, that's it. Right. I mean, I so, went to Catholic school, and it was all about abstinence and like, yeah, STDs, STIs. Like that was it. There was no like real knowing about the female and male, you know, sexual like parts. It's just like don't do it until you're married, and like that's it. 
Right. I mean, mine kind of the same. You should only have it with your boyfriend on a monogamous relationship. Um. So. I decided to have sex with a female so that she can teach me about my vagina. She has sex with females, so she probably know more than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, she, the thing is, someone I knew since high school, and we had a relationship, and I made sure that, and also she likes me, she buys, so she actually does have real feelings for me. So mm-hmm. that was one reason why I didn't want to have sex, because I didn't want cash feeling and right. I feel the same so yes. sex. I mean me and her we talk about sex as friends so right. I feel comfortable asking her to have sex with me and I made sure it's just one time type of situation to see if having sex would be different right and because I got to the point that I was sexually frustrated that my body tends to do simple tasks. Wow. I had like body aches, really bad body aches. Like, think about it. (laughs) 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 I just feel like having eyes just was making me moldy. Like, I was Mm -hmm. always I was never sexually satisfied, and I know I was having sex with get really with me in a lot of mm-hmm. relationships, but and just because I was not sexually satisfied, I never want to have sex with somebody. I think because you know I start to blame them, like oh they don't know what they're doing, but, they're but doing, in reality mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Right, right. <laughs> What I learned is, really is the sex we have with other people is a reflection of the type of sex we have with ourselves. So if I please myself through masturbation, then it's impossible for someone else to please me. And it's right. an interesting discovery because I felt like me growing masturbation something that I can't really be doing and it's mm-hmm. not real sex. It's something that you may do too. You find a physical person to have sex, but masturbation is something desirable. So I think started building like a really un- like negative mm-hmm. masturbation. Even though I do masturbate every day, I think I was so focused on trying to orgasm. That's the one thing you're right. not supposed to do. You're not supposed to like focus on the end result. You're supposed to actually like enjoy like the end. Experience, right? And doing that, so even mm-hmm. most sexually frustrated. <laughs> Got it. Guys, I do like the same thing. Like, I just want to, but then it's still not happening for me. Right, right. And honestly, I used to think orgasm, but like some myth, some fake thing, because I never. No, yeah. Until no, like, until it being like that. I keep talking about it. Maybe I need to stop being in denial, and maybe it's true that I'm really not, and I need to really resolve this. Hmm. No, I definitely agree with you. I think you know, I I will agree. Like it wasn't until I started masturbating 
that I learned what I liked so that I was able to teach like my sex partner. Like, I think, you know, for me, there was a point where I was like, okay, like this is cool. But like the person I like kind of had sex with one time, I was just like, okay, cool. This is like, I guess this is what sex is like. Or like, I guess like, you know, I'm supposed to feel this type of way. But it wasn't until like after that, I was like, okay, like, let me start like, masturbating because I need to know how to really like please myself and have my partner please me and then the next person I like you know like ended up being in like a situation or whatever I was able to teach this person what I like and what I didn't like and we also I think we also had a more open communication with it as well like we talked about it you know after talked about it like before what we wanted what we didn't like and I feel like then I was like okay this is actually what pleasure is like this is like what an orgasm is like this is what like sex is supposed to be like because I personally I like I don't like sexting like showing pictures but I like that like if I'm coming over like tonight I want you to like tell me what you're gonna do to me I want like I want to be hyped up kind of thing and that's gonna get me to a point where I'm gonna be excited and then we can do whatever we said we were going to do kind of thing. Because I think some people just assume that you're supposed to just go straight into having sex. And then it's like, it's boring or like stick to the same basic three moves. And it's just like, that's not, that's not what sex is supposed to be like. And I think, you know, for me, I'm starting to explore more into like tantric sex. Cause I'm very onto like a very, like I'm in very in a spiritual like mindset now that it's like, my next sexual partner like I want to be able to have a better like energetic spiritual like moment with you while we're having sex right I was thinking uh, about learning about actually mm-hmm. spiritual I don't like to add on you know pleasure a little bit I mm-hmm. think for, like what for me was like no clits when I have sex mm. with God it's mostly okay so it either like before sex right um, penetration a lot of the time but I don't even know how to rub the clit correct right that is very true so it's really bad when they do it or they just don't do it right so I think there was a time when I just stopped I because it was something that used to turn me off because he would not do it right. And um, I need clit stimulation all the time, like throughout the entire It needs to be there. And then penetration, like size, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need, like, I can, like, for example, I have sex with a female and no toys. She just use her fingers, and her fingers are not that big, and it's not that fat. So, you know, like, I think society put a lot of penis size and kind of mm-hmm. around female. The pleasure in reality doesn't really need. Also, like, our mentality play a part in, in, in us. If a female really believes only a, with a but please her then having sex with a small guy and he does 
practice every day and stuff. She's probably not going to orgasm for the fact that her mind believed that she like that person. Right. And that makes complete sense. And I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, when I have, like, these conversations with my friends and stuff, I think, you know, luckily, my friends and I have gotten to that point as we've gotten older that it's not about, like, you know, in high school, I think we talked about, like, you know, the size, oh, he was big, this and this and that, whatever. But I think now it's, like, it's gotten to the point, like, when we have that conversation, talk about, like, the guys that we had sex with, it is more about what did they please us properly? Did they really like do what we wanted them to do? Because size, I've had sex with different people with different sizes, and it's true. Right. It's just, size doesn't really matter. It's really more about are you able to like utilize like your penis properly and like do what you're supposed to do in the pleasuring moment? I think you know. For me, I've also like I've gotten to the point where it's like. If a guy's not making sure that, which they don't have to, but like kind of they do. If you're not pleasuring, making sure that I get pleasured first. And I mean, it doesn't matter if, it, if I come first or not, but in the sense of like making sure that I'm good in the pleasure state and like you're just like, you just want to have sex to get your rocks off, then then that's a problem. And then that mentally turns me off and I'm like, I'm over this. And like, I just like, I space out because it's just like, now it's like, this is just pointless and I wasted my time kind yeah. of thing. But uh-huh. I think it actually, but, even deeper than that on it. Mm-hmm. I think guys are actually taught to be way around about pleasure as well. Everybody just really been taught wrong on how to navigate sex. Guys are taught that to give the pleasure type of thing. Right. They're supposed to know already from the jump even like versions be trying to tell me like they know what they're doing like i be looking at them like how do you (laughs) know right right i don't even know yet (laughs) (laughs) no i agree i think society definitely puts it on men that they should already know what to do and i think you know especially as we have different sexual partners. Like, not every sexual partner is going to like what you did before in the previous, like, relationship or, like, previous, like, sex relationship that you had with a person. And I think that's where it's, like, you know, a lot of people don't like to have that open conversation about sex. And that's why I'm, like, so glad that, like, me and, like, the last person I had sex with is, like, we were, like, super open about what we liked, what we didn't like. Because if we didn't have that, I think it would be boring to me. And I would just be, like, I'm over this. Like, I don't even want to have sex with you anymore. Yeah, I'm so happy but I def- for you, because those are hard to find. Yes, they are. They are sure hard to find. I'm sad that he had to go, but um, it's, it's hard. It's hard, and it's, like, it's hard when you, especially when you get to, like, new, like, sexual partners. It's like, oh, my God, like, now I have to, like, do this all over again and be, like, what I like, what I don't like kind of thing. And some people don't like to have those conversations. They just want to, like, have sex. And it's just, like, I get it, but it's, like, if we don't, we're both going to end up being, like, upset about it and then think, like, the other person's bad or, like, they don't know what they're doing and, like, whatever. And it's just, like, as I've gotten older, I've learned, like, okay, like, no, we kind of have to have this conversation. But um, that kind of does lead me into, like, how we were talking about, like, tantric sex. Um, I re- I saw that you said, like, you were recently aware of, like, you becoming an emph and, like, having a spiritual awakening. I, to myself, am an emph. Um, I love it. I don't feel as 
I've had a spiritual awakening really hard yet, but I definitely will say like this past couple of weeks, um, I've definitely seen my energy go higher, my spiritual level go higher. Like now I'm even like going towards like plant-based diet because I've realized like my body is just like, as you continue to grow spiritually, like you cannot be eating like this, like heavy meats and things like that. It's like, you got to change like your whole like lifestyle. So definitely I'm curious on like how like you became aware of that and like how, like, how's that been for you? Yeah. See, mine came unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. I was not a spiritual person or a religious person before my spiritual awakening. I really did define myself from my ego-driven mind. So what I believe triggered my spiritual awakening, my ego depth too, they call it a dark night of the soul, Mm -hmm. is... I met my twin flame. I didn't really meet him like that second. Mm-hmm. I knew him for like two years. And it's so interesting because I always, they say about twin flames, I dealt with him. I just didn't know what was because I wasn't, I didn't know anything about spirituality and I didn't mm-hmm. know. So, so I was having sex with my twin flame and I had a spiritual acting like a psycho person (laughs) (laughs) so yo why do you gotta have to be like wrong with having sex because now we look back (laughs) it makes me look even worse because my whole consent and respecting your sex partner right right like i definitely did not do that that day so i i think also what triggered my Awakening is the work I do. I learned that journaling and blogging is like a spirit. When you really Mm -hmm. dig down into your feelings and really get to know them and just be able to communicate them and create solutions because that's kind of how I am. When I feel like any type of like like discomfort in my body or I'm unhappy, I automatically ask myself, even before my spiritual awakening, myself Zora was wrong like what can I do to help you and I, I, I get my my notes in my phone write down my feelings and after I'm done writing down my feelings I create solutions so I think that's the reason why I have a spiritual awakening a spiritual awakening is when like comes and comes up and take control of your identity sense of identity which was my mind fading like it felt like it was dying honestly like that whole mm-hmm. spiritual experience felt like a life or death situation like I did not know what was going on like I was on the internet like researching everything because my mind literally was trying to convince me that if I because in a spiritual awakening you're supposed to like your mind right your mind telling you your mind doesn't really understand what's going on with inside of you because, like, your soul is now kind of taking over in a sense. Right. It's like, suppose my mind felt betrayed. Like, how you tell me I call you mental harm because a lot of the time, our mind, our mind, it was cause of suffering because we hold on right. to like the past memories and we create this identity based on 
the past and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in a spiritual awakening, my mind, like, so before I felt like I used to live in my head, like I used to see through my head, but now right. like I kind of have no access to my head. Is like now I kind of feel like I live more through my chest as like my eyes. Mm-hmm. So like a very dramatic thing to happen to me. So my how that will feel like my mind is dying if I no longer can feel it in the same type of way like how I used to before mm-hmm. so my was like if you self-sacrifice a vegetable or you're going to like literally die so like I had to like research a lot a lot a lot and to like convince my mind to self-sacrifice so my spiritual awakening was April of this year Mm-hmm. And I think it's been like almost two months, so a month and a half. I've been just really just reestablished myself because I think being doubtful about who I thought I was since. Right. I don't know. I, just, I don't know. It makes you feel like yourself. Yeah. So no, I, I feel you. Sit down and really think about doing. Even monogamy, like, do I really believe about the things I talk about? <laughs> right. In reality, I do. I think the thing with me is I always, when it comes to the work I do, I think it really did come from my soul, from my heart. Realize what real the drive was, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's amazing. Like, um, I feel like anytime I get in touch and in tuned with like other people who are amps and like spiritual, like it's just like amazing because it really shows that like, you know, we again, we're like we're energy at the end of the day. And it really shows that, you know, what we did in like our past lives, especially in our like, you know, kind of past life here um like you know like you said like kind of technically you know your past life is before april like 20th and it's like it's just crazy to see the things that you were doing and now you're just more aware and more mindful and it just really helps you progress in life and i think it just shows like how you know like i don't know it just for me it just like it puts me in just such a like a positive state and you know a lot of people like I didn't realize either like you know from very young like I was someone who was just always just very like I'm a Pisces so like I've always just been very like naturally like caring of other people and very just like intuitive like but I didn't realize that like deja vu was like a real thing when I would have dreams and then that like it would happen or like my dreams would be very like intense um you know kind of thing and I didn't realize that as a young age but as I continue to like grow more deeper into like spirituality and stuff like that um it's just it's such a like I don't know it just puts me personally at like a peaceful like place in my life and it's just like all the negative bullshit is just like not it just it can't touch me kind of thing and I love that and I love that like you know like you said it just makes you more open and just makes you like feel a little bit deeper and be able to share that with other people because again we don't know like these other people that we probably are helping um that can't 
come out personally or like you know i was very scared to share and it's like it's crazy for like me personally like like i said i um even though i'm very spiritual i also like do suffer from depression and anxiety so like it definitely like plays on me i was like on this imbalance kind of thing but it's a way that has helped me share like with other people and things like that and like you said like I blog too so it's like it's been like super helpful to like blog about the things that I love and the things that go on in my life to share with other people because I don't know who else it could be helping and things like that um so like I'm super like happy that you had your spiritual awakening and that you're on this path um because that's amazing and I want to also thank you so much for this conversation. Like, it was absolutely amazing. I loved having you on here. Like, I really felt like this was, like, us just, like, kickbacking, like, with wine and just, like, having conversation, which I love. So definitely, um, before we end this, definitely plug in um, your social medias, like, your website, anything that you want anyone to gravitate towards um, at the end of this. Um, please, this is the time to do so, to, like, plug all that in. Okay, thank you so much for having me. Um, you guys can find my personal Instagram at Zora Voice. I'm also on Facebook at Zora Voice. Um, and also you can follow my business page called My Paura on Instagram. My Paura is all about helping people um navigate HIV through self love. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Thank you again so much. I definitely will be making sure I follow your business page and continue to follow you. And again, like, it was so great having you on here. And I can't wait for everyone to hear and connect with you and continue um, on your journey, especially your spiritual journey. I'm excited to see it. Um, so again, thank you so much for um, this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yes. And guys, just make sure you tune in for the next week's episode and I'll see you guys later. That's all for today's episode. I hope you were able to take away some new dope insight. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast for more if you're not already and leave a review to let me know what you think. And if you want even more dope content, head over to whatsnextmail.com and subscribe to the blog to stay in touch. You can get at me on my socials too at whatsnextmail on Instagram and Twitter. I can't wait to vibe with you.